from my sex writing cave where all the smut happens in real life in my head or on paper. This is the Smut Lancer podcast, a weekly show where we discuss writing and creating content about sex and getting paid to do it. I'm your host and fellow Smut Lancer, Kayla Lords. Welcome to episode 14. This week, I'm going to wade into a topic that has strong opinions on both sides and no one right answer while hopefully making the case for why it's okay to be generous with our audience. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smut Lancer podcast is produced every Wednesday and show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. Follow me there or on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at thesmutlancer. This week's episode is brought to you by Blueberry, a podcasting hosting solution that makes podcasting affordable and easy. If you're thinking of creating audio content and want a hosting service and plugin that integrate with your website and offer great analytics, check out Blueberry. I use Blueberry for this podcast, the Loving BDSM podcast, and the Masturbation Monday podcast, and it's easy, affordable, and has great tech support. Use the code Kayla Lords, all one word, to get one month free to try it out. Again, that's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com, and use code Kayla Lords for one month free. Okay, so I have thoughts and opinions, and as always, and I have thoughts and opinions based on things I have seen on Twitter multiple times from multiple places over the past easily four to eight weeks. The The topic has come up a few times. And every time I think, I really don't agree with that. And then I think, but they're entitled to their opinion and how they want to do these things. So this is not a call out. This is not a subtweet. This is not a, those people are doing it all wrong. And my way is the right way. Y'all know if you have followed me in any way, shape or form, I that's not how I roll. Um, but I do have an alternative opinion. I know I'm not the only one who has this opinion. And I I need, I sort of feel like I need to say this because I think while one side of the divide on this is getting heard, because those people are certainly not afraid to express themselves, those of us on my side might not, people might not know that there's another way to do this. So the thing I've seen, and let me say again, multiple times from multiple different people, is usually I see it in a, a Twitter thread rant um, about how some bloggers are receiving questions, um, usually very in-depth, usually very time-intensive questions from readers or listeners or people who follow them in general, um, wanting to know information. You know, how do I solve this problem? Where do I go for that? Um, and these, I'm not talking about the, hey, do you mind telling me your favorite vibrator or, oh, have you ever tried this thing? It's it's the more in-depth things that require the, the phrase I keep seeing over and over again is emotional labor, um, or it's just time intensive and you have to really think about it and you um, may not have the right answer for them. And they've somebody's poured out their life story into an email and it's just arrived in your inbox and there you are, you sort of feel like you're it's just been dumped in your lap and what do you do with it? And so the opinions I'm seeing most often are the people who do not want these emails, do not want to answer these emails, um, don't appreciate the emails, are not happy about them. And I want to say, first and foremost, just because somebody emails you does not mean that they um, that you have to answer or that you're not entitled to this, the feeling of, I this is not what I signed up for. This is not what I, I don't want to do this. You are not obligated to answer somebody's question 
just because they sent you an email. I am not advocating for that at all, okay? We um, get to set our own boundaries. We need to. I am awful at setting boundaries. So it is very possible that somebody who sees my perspective on this as we talk about this in today's episode and agrees with it will do it way better than I do because they've got better boundaries because my boundaries sometimes suck, okay? So I don't even think I have all the answers here. I do want to point out that um, no matter where you fall in this divide, we are all entitled to our boundaries. We are all entitled to say, that is a thing I will do. That is a thing I will not do. Absolutely, okay? I just sort of want to present the other side of this perspective. Okay. And I feel weird because some people I really, really like and really, really respect as sex bloggers are going to hear me and go, oh my God, I fundamentally disagree with you. And I don't want anybody to think that I think that they're doing it wrong. They're not. Okay. Just want to present another side. So let me, from my perspective, um, explain why I think we get these kinds of questions. Now, not every sex blogger or podcaster or vlogger will get questions like this. Um, Sometimes it's because somebody has made it really, really clear. You can email me all you want. I cannot guarantee you an answer. Um, Sometimes they've said, please don't email me. That's too overwhelming for me. We we all have our our own um, issues that we deal with, things that come up in our lives. And it's sometimes it's not a boundary thing necessarily. It's more of a, I know I can't handle it. So I'm asking you, you know, my audience, please don't, don't send me these things. I, I cannot help you, whatever it may be. But when you get them, whether you're like myself and John Brownstone, where we say very openly, hey, if you've got a question, send it to me. If I can help you, I will. We do that through Loving BDSM. I do it here in Smutlancer, you know, wherever I can, I'm, if I'm, Putting myself out there as, you know, saying, hey, I have opinions on these things. That is my way of doing it, which may or may not indicate my boundary problem. I don't know. Um, And then there are people on the opposite end of the spectrum who never say that. And they get these emails anyway, or they get DMs or wherever it comes from. But you're getting messages. I would say it comes from a few places. And sometimes these overlap and sometimes they don't. So... When you are the type of content producer who puts out the kind of content that says how to do this thing or why you should see this topic in this way or the top 10 this or that, you are putting yourself out there as somebody with not just opinions, but knowledge. Now, our knowledge may be the kind that we only gain from experience. That's how I have started. That's sort of how I have continued my own uh, production of content. Um, I don't love talking about things I can't personally say I have done or experienced or know about. I will, but I don't love it. Um, And sometimes it's, I'm a researcher, I'm a journalist, I have interviewed these people and I know these things. Wherever you're coming at from this, you have put out information that is meant to be consumed by an audience, right? And you are coming across as an expert, a thought leader, somebody with authority on the topic. So therefore you've got an audience member out there who's like, oh, I know that this person is really smart about this topic about sex or this topic about relationships or this topic about kink. And I have a problem and they seem like they know what they're talking about. I will ask them. The other reason you can get these questions, and remember, these can all overlap. And sometimes you, it, somebody's sending you this big, long email with their whole life story for all of these reasons combined. 
Another reason is because of the way you come across in your content, however you produce it, you are seen as trustworthy, you are seen as likable, you are seen as approachable, you are seen as friendly. This person has gotten to know you, at least in their mind, the version of you that you're showing publicly to your audience, and they feel like you will understand, be helpful, that there's somebody that they could go to lunch with or have a coffee with, not necessarily in a sexually or creepy way, I mean just a I feel like I know this person because they've put so many details of their life out here, then maybe I can approach them and I can talk to them and maybe they will help me. Um, and then of course, there is sometimes the, if you are seen giving advice to others, solicited or unsolicited, um, it can be assumed that you will give advice to everybody. Um, and there are other reasons for sure. Those are sort of the, the three that I sort of have seen and I've experienced, especially that last one. So I um, do a weekly call-in online radio thing for Ireland every, every Wednesday. It's fun. We get into like just random sexual topics every once in a while. It's not very sexual. Uh, they let me go on rants, which is always fun. And I'll have these very lovely people who I have no connection to other than they heard my voice on the radio send me a question with some how to, or can you help me, or can you give me advice about something sexual that may or may not pertain to a topic we've discussed. But I've put myself out there and they are putting me out there. They like to call me the sexpert, which I don't love that um, title, but if somebody else wants to call me that, that's fine. Um, and so therefore I'm supposed to be this, to, to the listeners, I'm this expert on sex. And if you need help and information, you go to the expert, right? So I've seen all three of those quite intimately, quite personally, um, especially that whole idea of feeling like you, they, your audience member feels like they know you. That can happen even when you don't think you're putting that many details out about your life. Because when you're a really good writer or a really good content creator, your personal voice, your personality is shining through on some level. And just like, people feel like they have connections to movie stars and DJs on the radio and whoever else that happens to us too. We're not immune to that either. Um, I certainly get the giggles when the boys on pod save America get going on something silly because I, I feel like I can see their face and, Oh, I, I have an idea of who they are. Of course I don't have an idea of who they are. I have an idea of who they present themselves to be just like your audience members know what you choose to show them. And then they may fill in some gaps and details from their own perspective and their own projections and all of that. But you feel a connection with somebody, especially in the sex world, when you're sharing intimate details, either of your own sex life or your fantasies or stuff you've researched and how that pertains to your life. Like there's Sex is a great connector of people and it can certainly ask anybody, all of us who've ever gotten a dick pic or some inappropriate DM about, you know, what somebody would like to do with us. Um, people feel like they know you on a level that probably doesn't happen in other uh, parts of the content world. So it happens for a lot of different reasons. Now, I made the decision personally, and this is my decision, I'm not saying anybody else has to do it. I made the decision a long time ago. Once I realized that I was offering advice, I was offering my take on how BDSM 
could work or what I thought were good ways to practice BDSM and things that people really needed to keep in mind um, that had almost nothing to do with the kink and the activities, but about how to relate to other human beings in a relationship. Um, I put myself out there pretty quickly as saying, hey, if you've got a question, feel free to ask. I'm fine. I'm, I'm happy to help. Now, Several years ago, I was very naive and I really didn't think anybody would ever ask me anything because what I kept thinking, well, who the hell am I? Uh, just random chick on the internet, right? I quickly learned how I was learned how wrong I was, and lots of people have asked me questions over the years. Um, and I'm not going to pretend that I get questions that are all easy to answer, that are all comfortable to answer, or that I get questions at a time when I'm even capable of answering them. And I don't just mean physically. Like I've I've gotten questions when I you know was on vacation and there was no way I was I could take the time. I've gotten questions when I was suffering a mental breakdown before I found a therapist, and just it would take all of my energy to even read the email and then I'd have to like mark it as unread and walk away from it and wait till I got a little bit more energy and could answer it. Um, and so then of course I, I'm one of those people that then walked around with a bunch of guilt because I wasn't answering fast enough. Um, but I have from the very beginning, pretty much, eh, I can't say from the very beginning, from the very beginning of my willingness to not just write about my personal experience, I've said, send your questions, happy to answer them. Send me your feedback, send me your thoughts. I've always, I've done that and I stand by that and I'm ha I do that for a reason. I also do that knowing that there is a chance that a time could come when I cannot keep up with all of it. That time has not come. I've probably got many more years before that will happen, if ever, but I do think of that too. Um, and I have to say that my personal decision has been and continues to be and even I don't have any compelling reason to change this at this time, that I answer every email I get that I can answer. And what I mean by that is sometimes the answer is, I am not qualified to answer this question. You have a much deeper problem than I, I, I might give you bad information, but here are resources to help you. Um, sometimes I get the equivalent of almost a personal novel of somebody's history of a relationship or an experience or something that they've gone through in great, great detail. And it's overwhelming. It's a little bit like drinking from a fire hose. There's all this information coming at you. Um, I tend to be kind of empathic and sort of Maybe it's projection. I'm projecting my own emotions onto this person, but I almost feel their angst and their worry and their, you know, they want to fix this situation and don't know how. And I always figure if you are contacting a random person on the internet, you are in dire, dire straits and are quite desperate for information. Um, and so I sort of feel that. And then it's, it's an impetus to want to respond faster. Now, what I have gotten better about doing is responding when I can and not when I think I'm quote supposed to, what, whatever that means. Um, but I, I answer them all, even if the answer is I cannot help you, but here's a resource or two that, that maybe can. Um, and not every email I get is here's this massive soul searching question I have. Can you help me fix my relationship? Um, some of them are just, you know, really kind things. And, but I try to answer those too and go, thank you so much. I'm so glad you listen or read or follow or whatever. Um, and I do that for a few reasons. One, because I have put myself out there as um, a resource. And I did that 
on purpose and that was a very purposeful decision and that was part of my decision about how I was going to go forward in the online community. Um, and you get to make your own decision. And I'm not saying there is a right way or a wrong way. There is only the way that is right for us as individuals. So I've put myself out there. So if somebody views me as a resource and they have a problem, I want to continue to be their trusted resource. Now, continuing to be a trusted resource means not blowing smoke up their ass and giving them bad information. Sometimes it means admitting that you don't know the answer. Um, but I also look at it from a different perspective of, it's a huge honor. Somebody just bared their soul into an email to a total stranger hoping for help. And I was that stranger of the millions of people out there with websites and the millions of people that they could have turned to. And really, you know, sex blogging community is bigger than we realized, but it's not millions big. Okay, the thousands of people they could have talked to. They chose me and I look at that as an honor. I am humbled by it because my perspective is from, from the way I look at life, I would not talk to a total stranger and give them all those details and tell them all these things, some of which they might consider embarrassing, some of which might be very painful to them. In many cases, they're worried or terrified that their relationship is imploding and oh my God, they're desperate for answers. I consider it an honor that they've done it. So at the very least, in my view, they deserve a response of some sort. Um, does that mean that everybody who sends emails like that does it out of, you know, does understands boundaries and isn't probably somebody that I might find questionable? Of course not. You get all kinds when this happens. This is the internet after all. Um, but the problem children, as I like to refer to them as, the people who maybe don't understand boundaries really well or think that they can demand things from you instead of asking things, those people tend to be very, very rare. I think in the past five or six years, this is 2018 right now, I've probably been getting reader questions and listener questions over the past three or four years. I've maybe had one person who was kind of a jerk. And even then, I think it was probably a, a not understanding personal boundaries thing. I don't think they were just an asshole. I think they really don't. It's sort of like that person that doesn't understand that the person they're watching on TV isn't really watching them back. It's a little bit like that. But maybe, maybe one. Um, usually when there's an issue with boundaries, it's when they're talking to me on social media and I'm, they're tweeting at me over and over and over and over again and then getting mad when I don't immediately respond those though that happens a little bit more frequently but the advice seekers um no they that's extremely rare um but they're coming so i also look at it as this and I, this is where i'm gonna get mercenary and y'all if you've heard any of my past episodes you know sometimes i just get mercenary it's about the money it's about the business it's about what the hell we're trying to build here right this is about forming a bond and trust. So I cannot remember what episode it was, but I know I've talked in the past about super fans and the super fans are the ones that will um, help you earn money. These are the ones who you put a thing out and they are throwing their money at you or they are buying their your thing. And if they don't have money right now or if they've already purchased it, they're telling everybody they know that you are the best ever. So the op when I get an email from somebody who is desperate for information, doesn't know where to turn, really needs a sounding board, just 
whatever. There's a few things going on. One, I've already built the trust with them and the authority with them that they see me as somebody who can help them. That's a huge step in building a longer term brand and a longer term build uh, audience and building a longer term um business for yourself because that is somebody who potentially if you you might not fix their problem we're most of the time we're not capable of fixing their problem but if you treat them with kindness and caring and compassion that is somebody who's about to become loyal to you will every single person who ever emails you do that no of course not of course not they are free to go off on their own way they got their answer they move on there's nothing more for them that's fine but the vast majority of them are appreciative of the time you've put in. I get, when I take the time to give the best answer I can, two sentences, two paragraphs, or several hundred words, I have done uh, the whole range of it. Nearly every single person comes back and says, oh my gosh, thank you. I didn't even really expect an answer. I wasn't, you know, I know you're busy. I appreciate your time and effort. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And many of them are emailing me later just to chat. Hey, I heard your last episode and it was great. You're doing a good job. Or they're tweeting at me or they're messaging me on FetLife or wherever. They're connecting with me now on a completely different level. It is not all a take, take, take. They they asked for something, they received it, they appreciated it. And now some of them are some of my most loyal followers. Now, that might be me being a little mercenary by recognizing it. I don't treat it as a mercenary transaction. It's not, I don't do it with the expectation that that's what will happen. But I am telling you from several years of experience now, that is the happy outcome. So when I say, hey, I've got this new thing I'm doing, these people believe in me because I treated them with compassion and with kindness and I helped them and I didn't blow them off and I didn't, you know, ignore them. And I didn't give them a BS answer when what they needed was what they have gotten from me in podcast format or blog format or whatever. And they are almost always shocked that they get it, which is how I know that that's a genuine ask. That was a genuine, I am desperate. And this is a person I trust on the internet. Now, I know that the argument gets made and it's not a, a bad argument. It's not a wrong argument. That there's the argument that gets made that the expectations of some of those people are that we do emotional labor for them. And the cocky hot take is usually don't you have Google? Now, let's be really, really honest about something. Would you really trust what somebody might find on a Google search about sex or about polyamory or about BDSM or about gender, uh, non, you know, non-binary genders? Would you trust a Google search on that? Do, have we really gotten so far along in sex education on the internet that you're positive that if you send that person out there and go, you just need to do a damn Google search and teach yourself, right? If that's your response, do you really think they're gonna get good information? And since we are talking about this from the smut lancing perspective, what if it's not you that they find? What if they find somebody else with a different blog, a bigger blog, somebody with a bigger audience and they connect to that person? If they're contacting you, there's a very good chance they're already part of your audience and maybe they just can't find the blog post you wrote on that or the podcast episode you wrote on that. Maybe they read that 
blog post and they have a, a question that takes that, what you were talking about a little bit deeper, okay? We are not, if somebody is coming to you, and this is how I look at it for me, okay? I'm, I know I'm in a rant and I apologize. I'm certainly not trying to tell anybody how they should be doing their sex blogging thing and their smart lancing thing, but just y'all, I got, I got thoughts and I got opinions. When somebody comes to me and says, I, I could use some help, I'm not gonna tell them to go Google because like I know, I talk about BDSM. You Google a thing on BDSM, your first two pages of a Google search are porn, okay? Or it's really bad information that I don't trust. I would much rather take the time on my time and my schedule to answer them as best I can, okay? And sometimes as best I can is a couple of links because that's really all they needed. And sometimes it's, it takes me a while. I have had, I have had questions that I've read. I've gone, oh my God, that's way too much. I can't handle that right now. Marked it as unread, walked away, talked to John Brownstone, asked his opinion. Sometimes I ask his opinion and get his take on it. Let it sit for three or four days, come back and I answer. And every time I take more than I've, cause I've taken as long as a week or two, every time I take longer than a few days, I always apologize for the wait because that's, that's my style. That's how I am. And to a person, they have all said, oh my gosh, please don't apologize. I know you're busy. So if, if you worry or if you truly do get a little upset when you get these emails and you're thinking, don't these people realize I have a life? Don't these people understand that I don't necessarily have time for them? I would say the vast majority of them do. And they are not expecting an answer the moment they sent an email. Every once in a while, there will be somebody with boundary issues. I'm not gonna pretend they don't exist. Those people I think are more rare than we realize. Um, and most people, even if it takes you a week, they're going to be grateful. They're going to be happy that you maybe get, gave it a little thought. Now, I won't also lie and say that you won't get the same question over and over again. And this happens to me a lot. I will get some form of the same kind of question. It's like there's just a run on them. It's very cyclical in my experience. I'll get nothing or nobody's emailing me for weeks. And I start to go, well, did they forget me? And then out of nowhere, it's like five or six, all in the same two days. And it's overwhelming because I feel, like I said, I've put myself out there as accepting these questions. So I feel a sense of responsibility and I want to answer them and I want to answer them in a timely fa fashion. And most of them, by the time they get to the point where they're willing to email me their problem, they're in a state of panic or desperation. And like I said, being a bit empathic, I, I kind of get that sense. So then I feel awful that I'm not answering faster because they're in crisis mode. Well, that is me with my boundary issues. I think other people would handle that better than I do. Um, but every single one of them has always understood that it might take me a little bit longer. They're not all like, they're really not all expecting you to answer immediately. They understand that you're busy. They're coming to you because you appear so busy that you were doing all of the sex and relationship things. And that is why they see you as an expert. But you get the same question over and over again. Here's, I have, I want to get better at this and I have done this in the past for certain questions. The questions you're getting over and over again from your audience members, these are things that should be content you're creating. That should be a blog post or a podcast episode or an ebook. I was reading um, a, like an excerpt from a book about submission and the intro was, I wrote this book to answer the most common questions I get. I was kind of tired of saying the same thing in every email. Why not just put it in a more permanent form? And when people have these questions, here it is, here's my book. 
And I thought, well, that's freaking brilliant. Of course, that's what you should do. And it is a wonderful um, income building, smut lancing life thing to do, especially if you personally are receiving the same questions over and over again, use those questions as content. I tell y'all at in this um, podcast every week, hey, if you send me a question, it might be a podcast episode because that we're content creators, y'all. We know, we all understand how hard it is to come up with the ideas. Let your audience members who are asking for information give you those ideas. You're not stealing anything. The only time you would have a problem is if you put their personal details in the scenario and gave away their privacy or anonymity, okay? But if you want to use the same a generic story to describe the past five questions you got that were the same to create content, then go for it. It's not much different than using the search terms people are using to find your site to inform your content, okay? It's the same exact principle. And what that lets you do is when you get that question again in the future, and you will, One, you can give like a very brief little answer and then go here, I actually wrote about this. Your situation sounds very similar to this. Here's a link to my blog post. Two, you will answer questions before you get them, okay? So the person who has that question might actually find your website or your podcast or your vlog while they're searching for answers. So you kill a lot of birds with one single piece of content there. Um, You can also do a create a FAQ, right? Like. I I have all these plans and I haven't done them and I really need to, but you could do, like in my case, I would do a DS FAQ, a BDSM FAQ, a masturbation FAQ, you know, like whatever you're talking about most frequently and you're getting the most amount of questions for, turn it into an FAQ. Again, it's a piece of content you can keep sending out when somebody's got a question. Oh, I've answered that before. Here you go. Give them a nice little two or three sentence, you know, thank you so much for your question. I hope I can help here and send them to your freaking website. You know, don't, instead of not answering the question, which I can see why for some people that is going to be difficult, especially if it's at a busy time or your health is in crisis or there's a lot going on in your life or you just don't have the the energy to do it. You, If you've already created this content and it's good, worthwhile, helpful content, does have to be all those things, then you're answering their question, but giving them the tools to do the research and the work themselves. And you're sending them to a resource that you would trust because it's you instead of just putting them out there on Google. Um, so there are ways to to do this without necessarily doing what I do, which is every couple of weeks I spend a couple of hours just answering emails. Like I said, I'm not I'm not trying to make myself sound big and bad and popular, and I'm getting hundreds of these. No, 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 no. Uh, I I go through a drought phase, or it'll be two, three, sometimes a whole month, and almost nothing, and then out of nowhere. I don't know what happens, the floodgates open, I've got between FetLife and the three or four email addresses I'm monitoring, I've got like six or seven messages and none of them are small problems. They all require a lot of backstory and a lot of information and I feel a personal responsibility to try to help because those are choices that I have made and they do require a lot of emotional energy and emotional labor and I have to do it at a time that is right for me um, so that I am, I'm taking care of myself, but that I'm also fostering that relationship with that person in my audience. So the whole 
point of this episode, I've gone, I'm running a little bit long this time, but this one is, this one's been on my mind for weeks, y'all. I hope I'm, I hope I'm doing it justice and I have not pissed off everybody. Um, being gen, I'm, I want to make the case for why being generous with your time is better than not. Okay. So now I will, I fully admit that we are already generous with our time when we post to our blog or we record a podcast episode or we make a video or we do, we make, we send out our newsletter or whatever it is we're doing. We are already putting in a lot of time and labor and thought and energy into the content we create. Yes, absolutely. And the vast majority of us are not getting any monetary compensation for this at all. I totally, totally get it promise you I do. I still do not see the time I spend answering Twitter DMs, Twitter mentions, FetLife messages, Instagram messages, um, Facebook messages, emails. I do not see any of that time as a waste, okay? It is not a waste of my time. And quite frankly, it is part of how I have created this smut lancing life that is going in a direction I'm happy with. I am not at my final goals yet, and I might never be. I'm that kind of person. I always have a goal, but I am getting there, and I'm a lot closer than I used to be, and I credit a lot of it with being willing to do things like this. Here's why. I have a stronger connection to my audience. I have a core part of my audience that is loyal to me, not because I've made false promises, not because I've pretended to be one thing and I'm really something else, because I am genuinely myself in all aspects. So sometimes that means in an email I have to go, I can't really help you, but here, here's what I can go here, try this. Um, And sometimes I've had to give some tough love. I hate get writing tough love emails. Those, oh, I don't like them, but I have done it. I have gotten the email from somebody where every single line of the email was a red flag of a BDSM relationship gone wrong. And I said, I never tell people to dump their partner. I'm telling you to dump your partner. And it felt awful and it felt right. And you know what? That person is still, when they need me, when they need my content, Doesn't mean they read everything I write or listen to every episode I produce, but when they need me, they trust me, okay? They're there, they will, they might not buy something, but they will promote my message. They will share me with people who they think can benefit from what I'm putting out. I have kinksters who talk about my my podcast and my websites at their local munch. I have random people that I don't even really know who they are. Maybe I've emailed with them, maybe I haven't. They're sharing relevant content that I've created in a huge Facebook group that I don't even know exists, okay? These things are valuable. All of these things raise your profile, give you the chance to earn more audience members, and that is absolutely it, it is earning it. You have to put out the good content, you have to be who you are, and you have to say something that is relevant to the people who find you in order for them to come back for more and stick around. But when you find the balance that works for you. And in my case, when I have been generous in this way, it has created connections with people that far surpass that one-on-one connection. I'm a trusted resource to them now. And as long as I continue to be who I am, I get to maintain that that level of trust with them. I mean, I could fuck it up and, and ruin it. And that is my, that's the thing that wakes me up in the middle of the night 
It makes me very careful with what I say and how I present information. But that's sort of the sacred trust thing. They trusted me enough to send me this, this wild story of their life at a low point for them when they were at their wits end. And I could not fix it for them. I never thought I could. I couldn't give them probably the answer that they wanted, but I was careful with their feelings. I was humble. I was helpful, as helpful as I could be. And sometimes just being honest and saying, I cannot help you, help, help you. Ooh, I can't speak today is helpful. Okay. Sometimes just, sometimes just being an ear and letting somebody vent. I've had a couple of people who said, I'm starting out this email because I'm desperate and I don't know what to do. And by the time they got to the end of the email where they said, oh gosh, now that I've typed it all out, I totally see exactly what I have to do. Thank you for being an ear. Thank you for being somebody I feel comfortable enough to, to approach like this. That's an audience member who has the potential to be an audience member for life. That is the person that will help your numbers grow. That is the person who will buy the thing you're selling. That is the person who will click on your affiliate link. That is the person who will share you on their social media and somebody you're not connected to at all will see you because of them and then they will connect to you, okay? All of these little things, they don't always have a dollar amount attached to them. It's not always a one for one. Hey, I help you. You turn around and pay me money. This is stuff. This is building a brand. This is growing your name and your authority in whatever your niche within sex might be. This is how you get known by people who will come to pay you the money you want to make. Okay. It's all part of it. There's no in my mind, there's no clear one path that does it. This is one element of it. So if you've been on the fence, what do I do? I get these emails. Do I answer them? Do I not answer them? I'm just presenting my side and you have to make a decision that is right for your life, your mental health, your physical health, your personal boundaries, your comfort level. Absolutely. Um, and if you are completely still on the opposite side and you completely disagree with me, that's cool too. Um, there is no one right way to do all of this. Um, but if if you see it differently than you did before, then I'm going to say mission accomplished, even if you don't change your mind. Um, because I don't think I'm an idiot because I answer these questions. And I don't think I'm just giving stuff away for free because I do it. I look at it as building a relationship with my audience members because I know that a genuine, authentic relationship with them on the level that I can handle that they're looking for, and those are two very important distinctions, builds my brand, builds my business, leads to me meeting these goals, reaching these goals I have of mine as a smut lancer. And so there's a lot of good reasons to do it. There's a lot of reasons not to. You have to make a, a personal decision. And y'all, if what you're doing out there is thinking, I want to answer these emails, but I am terrified of being wrong. The same way you write, you wrote your blog post or recorded an audio, um, a podcast or made a video or whatever, where you said, this is what I find to be true for me. I don't have all the answers. This is just one way. However you say that, that's how you answer those questions. You say, I don't have all of the answers and I can't tell you exactly what to do, but here's what I would do. Here's where I would go to look. Here are the things I would think about. It is their job to solve their own problems, but it is okay if you are comfortable with it, if you use what you have learned and what you do know 
to give them a nudge, to support them, to make sure that they know that they've been heard, that they're not alone. Those things, even when you can't fix a problem for them, that's not our job. It is not my job to fix somebody's DS relationship for them. Sometimes it's just, I look at it as my job, for lack of a better term, to remind them that the answer is to talk to their partner. Okay, that is probably the most common answer I give. Um, it doesn't fix anything, they have to fix it. But I can be the person that they trust enough to ask. And like I said, just give them a nudge and help them solve their own problems. I have not yet lost out on being generous in this way. And I'm also not saying <laughs> that if you don't do this, that you are not generous. It's, it's the way I framed it. Oh God, I don't want Twitter hate. I'm just saying I don't want Twitter hate. I love you all. You know, I love you all. Even if we do it all differently, you have to find the way that works for you. So there we go. That's it. End rant. Done. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Smut Lancer podcast with me, Kayla Lords. Uh, if you like what you just heard, you didn't hate it, you're not pissed off at me, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app and check out the blog, past episodes, and other great info at thesmutlancer.com. You can follow me, The Smut Lancer, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I'm at the smut lancer in all three places. Uh, feel free to reach out there or by email at Kayla at the with questions or topic suggestions or things you'd like me to go over or thoughts that this episode brought up. As long as we can all be respectful, I'll take any opinion that's not mine. It's fine. Uh, thanks for listening, y'all, and let's do this again next week.